Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Father, we say thank you for your word. Lord, this is the day that you've made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We're so grateful. We're so grateful for this day. Thank you for making us to live in this time, God. Thank you for the good works that you've laid up in advance for us to do. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your continual kindness. God, you are so kind. Lord, we love you, we bless you, we honor you. We ask, Lord, that today, today, even as people are hearing, Lord, that you would stretch forth your hand to heal and do signs and wonders and miracles in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. God, that you'd give us ears to hear your voice, eyes to see, and Lord, that you'd open up our hearts to recognize your word and that we would respond to the revelation of the Holy Spirit. Lord, putting it into application that it would bear much fruit for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I've been talking about speaking life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Because you and I, as human beings, were created in the image of God, who created the world with his words. He speaks, light be, and there was light. That same God created us with the same uh, anointing upon our lives with the power of our tongue to speak and create as as we declare. Death and life are in the power of our tongue and we have the choice about how we're going to use it. And God is looking for us to be really vigilant and diligent to use this power that he's given us. Now, as new creations in Christ, those that have surrendered their lives to him and received his life in exchange, the Bible says that it's no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. As he is, so are we in this world, speak to the mountain and it will be moved. And we have these incredible promises that are not for the super spiritual, they are for anyone who would believe. And as we start to recognize it and put it into practice, God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, hope or imagine, amen? God who calls those things that be not as though they are, is looking for us to call those things that be not as though they are. So not just calling things that we see as they are, saying, oh, that's terrible, isn't that terrible? Yeah, that's terrible. Instead, speaking to things, calling those things that be not as though they are, and using our words very carefully and and understanding that as we speak, we are creating. God wants us to see it, believe it, and say it. If you can see it, you can have it. What you focus on is what develops. And if you're focusing on a problem and you're thinking about the problem and you're talking about the problem and you're reinforcing the problem with your words, it doesn't change. But if you see the problem and then you deliberately replace what you're seeing in the natural with what you are seeing in hope, in faith, you become like one of those that are commended in Hebrews 11. You become like one of those great, great men and women of God who could see something they hadn't yet seen in the natural. And God's looking for us to see it and to say it. The prayers and declarations that God wants us to give, you know, we were hearing a little bit from Isaiah 40. God also wants us to be seeing, saying, and rejoicing 
about what we are declaring. Singing, O barren, you who've not born. Getting excited, actually getting happy about what you haven't yet seen. As you begin to operate like God, who calls those things that be not as though they are, you begin to speak it, believing it to the point that as you are saying it, you actually start to experience the emotion and the joy of what it looks like to have it already. Hallelujah. Say you're praying for a loved one who isn't yet saved. Instead of complaining about, oh, they've got this attitude, oh, they never love to come, they don't come to church, they've got, they're so against God, they're so against God, they're so against God, they, are, they are just, they talk against Him, they, they have, they're atheists. The more that you speak that, the more you are reinforcing a, a, a lie. God instead wants you to begin to speak creatively so that you can make a way for them to come in. The more you judge them with your words, the more you declare those things you see as you see it, the more you're building a wall that makes it dif difficult for them to come through. But if instead you start seeing them as God has called them to be, you know, the Bible says it's His will that none should perish. So you can know it's the will of God for them to be saved. And whatever you ask according to His will, you can have. So, okay, it's the will of God that they be saved. So what does it look like when they're saved? Wow, oh, they're so full of love. I've got so much respect for them. They speak words of wisdom. They're so kind, they're so compassionate. I see them worshiping God. And as you can see it, as you begin to believe it, and as you begin to declare it, when you interact with them, then instead of them encountering your judgment, they encounter your hope, and they feel like there's a way that I can come into what you're seeing. Hallelujah. We need to call those things that be not as though they are. We need to say it about our circumstances. Instead of saying, oh, I'm sick and tired, I'm sick and tired of this, I'm so sick and tired of that. It's like, stop, oh, dangerous words. Oh, I'm so tired, I'm always so tired. I don't know why I'm so tired all the time. I'm all tired all the time. You recognize the problem, but you don't need to speak the problem. When we speak as believers, we are prophesying. So don't prophesy the problem, prophesy the, the, the solution, the promise, hallelujah. Begin to prophesy, thank you God, I'm full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. I'm, I'm energetic, I'm healthy, I sleep well, I eat well, I take good care of myself, I am healthy, I am the healed of the Lord, by His stripes I'm healed, hallelujah. Even as you speak it, hope starts to rise in your heart, faith attaches to it, and God's will gets established on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. There's power in this. I, um, I got so encouraged the other night. Um, I was talking with Cherie. Where are you? There you are. Come up. I want you to hear this wonderful testimony. Would you give her a hand? This is awesome. Come on up, darling. Now, you've had a couple of really good things, few really, really good things happen. You've been healed. Yeah. Did you, have, you, have you heard Sherry's testimony? Sherry. Sherry, yes. Sherry. I want you, just tell them quickly, what happened to your, your ear? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, um, I had a frozen shoulder, some of you might remember, um, and I can't remember who it was, some guy, I think it might have been Mark Greenwood, but um, somebody had a word of knowledge about a frozen shoulder. And I was just laid out on the floor, and that was instantly healed. Yay! Absolutely amazing. Thank you, God. 
Um, yeah, That's so, a big deal. Yeah, that was great because I love to worship God. Um, and then um, I also then started to have faith for my hearing. And um, yeah. What, what I, was wrong with it? I, I've had like a gluey ear for quite a long time. And um, the hearing was really affected because of that. And again, I don't remember who it was. Um, I had a word of knowledge about hearing, but yeah, I just thought, well, go for it again, you know? And um, yeah, there was instant change in my hearing. So that was Hallelujah. incredible. So wonderful. So now tell me, you, you spoke to me on Friday night. Tell yes. me what's been happening for the last few weeks. <gasps> Oh, wow, it's just amazing. <laughs> it's a good story. Oh, wow. If you, know, if you don't hear another testimony this year, this is absolutely <laughs> a, a huge one. Um, yeah, <laughs> Catherine's been talking about the power of our words, and I always thought I was quite good at, you know, being caring and speaking nicely to people, but it really convicted me um, when she talked about the power of our words in relation to marriage because I have been separated for four years, divorced for one year. And I, I don't take any pride in that, but we went through a terrible series of events. We lost everything financially and uh, my husband went through some terrible business dealings that went terribly, terribly wrong. And we were both full on Christians, brought our kids up in the Lord, but it took a tumble, um, particularly for him. And then when Catherine was talking about the power of, my, of our words to our spouse, I, I went home and to be honest, I was praying and fasting for four weeks for my family because I was so desperate to see change. And um, the first, I must just share these other things. The first week of praying and fasting, um, my eldest son hadn't been speaking to me for about six months. And after one week of prayer and fasting, he actually texted me. Hallelujah. And there was a reunion there. Yeah. So that is amazing. The yeah. second week of prayer and fasting, my youngest son, who has never worked, he's always been very, uh, very shy, uh, never had the confidence to go and apply for a job. He actually got offered a graduate position. Hallelujah. As an IT developer for oh, a company Lord. 10 minutes from home. Wow. But I carried on prayer and fasting, and then Catherine was on about words. And I just knew that was what, for me. I needed to change. I needed to change. I spent two days after, uh, after Catherine preached on this, crying and repenting. And I knew that my words had broken our marriage. God showed me the power of my words and that I should have backed my husband when we went through such terrible financial chaos. Uh, I really, you know, said the wrong thing and I wasn't supportive. And so particularly women, I feel <laughs> we need to learn to zip our lip when our men go through things. Okay. And particularly for me, Catherine and Tom are just like my husband and myself. He's a very practical man. He likes to fix everything. He's excellent at house building and those sort of things. And I'm the spiritual one. And just meeting Catherine and seeing her relationship with Tom has just changed my life. It has just brought us together and... Um, so tell us what happened. What's happened with your husband? Well, now, can you believe my husband is now... Well, 
we've now got back together. We're now in relationship again. Mon Monday would have been our 30th wedding anniversary. And I, I repented. I said, look, honey, I'm so sorry. I know we've been apart. I know you started to think about other relationships even, but I know that we're meant to be together. And he said, I know that too, but it's just whether we can do it. And I said, look, I just know the Lord has shown me I have been wrong. You wow. just need to trust that I really... I'm not going to talk like that ever again. <laughs> so, he is just so over the moon in love, and so am I, and it's just incredible. You're so, talking about getting married again, yeah. right? And yeah, so we're talking about getting married again. And, words I mean that's your power of the words I mean if as I say if you don't hear anything else but women I think in particular I've already had quite a few women contact me and say I need to have coffee with you because I want my marriage to change amen wow thank you Sherry that blessed me that really blessed me when I heard that because the truth is we have to be aware that we aren't victims of circumstances. God's called us to be above only, the head and not the tail, hallelujah. And that means that we have a right, an opportunity to step into the inheritance that God has for us and to steward it, to steward the gifts that he's given us. Instead of seeing ourselves as little victims, oh, woe is me, isn't this terrible, this has happened to me. Instead, starting to rise up pick up the weapons of our warfare, which are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. They're not carnal, but they're mighty. And start speaking life, start speaking truth, and start speaking with kindness, hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18 says this. There is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. It's a really interesting proverb. In fact, I'm reading Proverbs at the moment. I just do it on a regular basis. There's so much wisdom in the book of Proverbs. But there's one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. Your words can pierce and thrust through people's hearts like a sword. They can hurt. They can really cut very deeply. And even if you don't, they don't seem to react, Words can wound. We hear the, Pastor Daniel uh, mentioned the other day the old saying, sticks and stones can break my bones, but names will never hurt me. It's just not true. Names can hurt far worse than sticks and stones because they can stay with you through a lifetime if you, if you accept them, if you don't reject it. But we need to be very careful that with our tongues, we don't use it like a sword that thrusts and pierces but instead that we use it as the tongue of the wise to promote healing and health, soothing, wholeness, comfort, edification. Hallelujah. Proverbs 12, 25 says this, an anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. A kind word, a simple, kind word 
You know, your words have the power to actually lift off depression from people, to bring people out of insecurity and anxiety, a kind word you don't know. When you speak as one who knows who you are, your words can so impact someone else's life. An anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. What if your kind word was the thing today that someone took home and treasured in their heart? Now sometimes people go through life and circumstances and never hear a kind word spoken personally to them. But believers who are overflowing with the goodness of God, drinking deeply from the river of God's pleasure for us, have more than enough to be able to give away. So when you meet somebody in the shop, when you're talking to the service station attendant, or, or you're talking to the shop attendant, or, or a customer, instead of um, just making small talk, why not say something kind? You have beautiful eyes. You had a beautiful smile. Thank you, you, it's so, you, you've got such a lovely manner when you talk to people. It's a simple thing, but I can tell you, you watch and you see their demeanor change. Uh, often when I'm out uh, with Emily, she knows she keeps smiling all the time because um, she likes to watch the, the, the attend shop attendants because they often don't know what to do with it. Why, why are you giving me a compliment? But it, it, it shifts things. You can feel the atmosphere change. And you know, even if you don't have the opportunity right there and then to share the fullness of the gospel with them, an encounter with the kindness of God through your kind word can be enough for them to start opening their heart to believe that, hey, maybe Christians aren't bigoted, mean, judgmental people. Maybe they are loving. Hallelujah. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you love one another. Ephesians 4 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Do your words impart grace? Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. The scripture is really clear. It says don't let filthy language come out of your mouth. It says don't let coarse words come out of your mouth. Your mouth is holy. You as a, a new creation in Christ, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. So don't, don't let anything come out of your mouth that doesn't line up with the truth of who you now are because God is wanting the world to see who he is through you in the on times and the off times. Let no corrupt word come out of your mouth, but let it impart grace to the hearers. Let it edify, let it build up, let it encourage. Hallelujah. What can you do to edify with your words today? Rather than just being a blurter, somebody that just says everything they think, Take time to realize, hey, I have to steward my words. I don't have to just say everything I think, but I wanna be careful and measured with what I say, recognizing that when I speak, I am prophesying. I am, I am healing or I am wounding. You're always doing one of two things. You are either healing and helping or you're wounding and destroying. Choose life, hallelujah. 
Proverbs 23, back in Proverbs again, verse seven, tells us that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. We use this scripture a lot. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Many of you would know that. You'd be able to quote that. But you know, I believe we have to become diligent and vigilant about what we are allowing to go on in our heads, in our self-talk, and even in our vision for ourselves. Do you have a vision for yourself? And I mean, more than what are you going to do, I'm talking about a vision of what you are like, what your character's like. Now, the scripture tells us what we are like. When we are new creations, when we surrender our lives to Christ, when we believe that Jesus is our savior, we say, Lord, I need your mercy, I need your forgiveness, here's all of my sin in faith. I believe Jesus became sin so I could become his righteousness. I receive your mercy, I receive your eternal life. And I thank you that I become the righteousness of God in Christ. As we become that, now everything we love about God becomes true about us. Because it's no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. God is love, love is patient, love is kind. Therefore, because as he is, so am I in this world, I am patient, I am kind. It's my new definition. It's actually who I am. So. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. We need to get a vision on a daily basis of what we are going to be like in our behavior before we rush into our day. I'm gonna steward this, Lord, as a man thinks in his heart. So what is my meditation about myself today? Am I defining myself today as tired and cranky, in a mood, you know, not doing so well? They're thoughts that will rush through your mind if you just let them. And if you don't capture them, they'll, they'll camp there and they'll keep coming up. Instead, you've gotta take them captive, cast them down and replace them with truth. Okay, that might be how I feel, but this is the truth. I don't walk by my feelings, I walk by faith, hallelujah. I am the righteousness of God by faith, therefore, I am strong, I am healthy, I am loved, I am patient, I am kind. In fact, when I talk to people, I'm not insecure. I am rooted and grounded in the love of God. I'm drinking deeply, continuously of the river of his pleasure for me. He loves me, I'm, I am so loved. His favor is toward me. In fact, the, the days ahead of me, uh, he's planned for me. They're, they're, his plans for me are to prosper me and not to harm me, to give me hope in a future. I am so blessed, I'm so favored. Therefore, when I look at other people, I don't have to be jealous of them or competitive with them. I don't have to compare to myself to them because I have a beautiful life. I am blessed, my Father loves me. I know I have eternal security with Him, hallelujah. I am blessed, I have a hope and a future. I have the Word of God, the promises of God. I am loved by the one who will never let me down, hallelujah. So it doesn't matter even what my circumstances look like, I am blessed, therefore, I have the capacity to be a blessing everywhere I go, hallelujah. If we don't have a vision for ourselves, then this word, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, is nothing more than just a concept. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. God wants us to have applied wisdom, 
Wisdom not just that we know, but wisdom that we outwork in our everyday, day-to-day speech, life, and disciplines. Discipline's not a bad thing. In fact, it's one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. That means the capacity to go, right, I'm not gonna just be moved by every feeling and every thought and every, I am going to be disciplined, I'm gonna take self-control and I am going to lay hold of all that God's got for me, I'm going to apply it to my life today, I'm gonna speak out the promises of God, I'm gonna tell my soul what to think and what to feel, hallelujah, and I'm gonna bless God, I'm gonna remind myself of the truth of the Lord, I'm gonna speak life to myself, so that then I can speak life to others. Hallelujah. Can you see it? Can you see yourself as God sees you? Now we love because he first loved us. Hallelujah. And then he tells us to love one another as we love ourselves, which can be a real problem if you don't really, really love yourself. But if you don't see yourself as righteous and holy and pure and the definition of love, the definition of patience, the definition of kindness, then you're gonna judge yourself harshly and then you're gonna judge everyone else harshly too. God so needs you to take captive those thoughts that are trying to rob you of the peace and the joy of your salvation so that you can implant instead in your head the truth of his word. Thank you, God. This is who you say I am. (gasps) Thank you, Father. And begin to speak it out. Begin to meditate on it. It's not a bad thing. This won't make you arrogant and puffed up. It will bring you into a place that every time you go to God, you feel like you don't have enough time to express the gratitude you have. That's how I feel. When I spend time with God, I'm like, okay, I've got, an, I've got an hour, I've got 45 minutes here, I'm just gonna pray. And then I start to give thanks and I think, oh, I haven't got as much time as I want because I just wanna thank you more, God. I just wanna, I wanna adore you. I wanna give you thanks. God, you're so kind to me. Thank you. You know, and in that place of adoration, our hearts open up wide and we, we recognize more of his goodness and we receive then more of his love for us. His goodness and his kindness lead us to repentance, hallelujah, and anything that's not lining up with him and his truth becomes distasteful and we don't want it anymore. We repent of it because we say, God, you are my heart's delight. Not because you should be, but because you really are. You really are my heart's delight, hallelujah. This is what happens when we cultivate a lifestyle of coming into agreement with the Word of God. But if you're feeling really badly about yourself, believing lies about yourself, the the idea of even coming to God in gratitude is, is more of a religious obligation that's difficult. He wants you overflowing with joy. And joy comes from meditating on the truth of His Word worshiping him, glorifying him, and getting happy about the truth of what that looks like. I even take it to the point of thinking about the appointments or the things that I have coming up that day and think, what am I gonna, I I picture myself, what am I gonna be like in that meeting or in that function or in in that um, interview or whatever I'm doing? How, what's, what am I gonna be like? Because if I don't picture it, 
then I can just wander in and, and, and just be. I want to be intentional with the gift I've been given. That is the life of Christ. I've been given God himself, not five talents or two talents or one talent. I've been given Jesus Christ. So I want to steward him well. So Lord, what does it look like today when I um, spend time with this person? Okay, I imagine myself smiling. I imagine myself full of love and compassion. I imagine myself listening really well, not with a, a, a thought to formulate an answer, but to listen and to understand. I imagine myself doing that. I wanna listen to understand, not interrupting, saying what I wanna say, but listening. And I'm imagining that they're gonna feel the compassion of Christ as we interact, hallelujah. Or if I'm going to a, a consular function with Tom, he gets to go to um, some diplomatic functions. Rather than thinking about, you know, what do I look like? Is my lipstick on straight? Though I do that as well. <laughs> but instead thinking, what are they going to experience when they shake my hand? What am I going to impart when I smile and say hello? I imagine myself being the aroma of Christ to those who are perishing. I imagine myself having great favor with them so that they open their hearts and receive the love of God. Hallelujah. I look in the mirror of the truth of his word so that I can manifest what he has put on the inside of me. Everything we do in the kingdom is by faith. You can have it all, but if you don't apply faith to it, then it just sits on the shelf and you go your little own way. If you wanna live a life of power, a life that sees the fruit of the Spirit manifested, a life that sees the good works that Jesus has laid up in advance for you to do, then you need to be deliberate to get a picture of that, to start dreaming his dreams, start making declarations, you know, there's a lot of things people hope for, wish for, want to see happen. But God's saying, why don't you ask me and then begin to declare it, see it, speak it, because you have power now. I've said yes and amen. I've said yes, I want that, it is my will. But now why don't you open your mouth and declare it, speak it out, and begin to see it manifested as you use the weapons that I've given you, as you use the creative power that I've given you. Can you think of something that you wanna see happen? I've got a long list that's just ever increasing. But I sometimes surprise myself when I realize as I'm thinking about, oh, I hope that happens, I hope that happens. The Holy Spirit will, will remind me, why don't you just ask me and speak it out? Declare it as though it's already happening. And I'll think, yeah, I know that, I should do that. It's wisdom I know, but that I haven't applied. God wants you today to think about what you want, what you wanna see happen, and he wants you to apply it. He wants you to begin to say, thank you, Lord. Ask him for it, thank him for it. Rejoice in it and then declare it. Speak it out, declare it as though it's already happening. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. Father, we say thank you for your word. Help us to be those that speak life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Father, we thank you for your mercy today. You know, nothing is impossible.
for those who believe? Nothing. In fact, God wants you to get out of the mindset that you're called to have a little life and just survive. I love your story. Four years separated, one year divorce. That's five years, right? And now you're, oh, it's happy. Hallelujah. All because you've changed your speaking. Are you unhappy in your marriage? Don't put your hand up and say yes. <laughs> See it as an opportunity to begin to make some changes simply by the way that you speak. And I don't mean going up to your husband or your wife and saying, well, I'm speaking about you as though you're kind because you're not at the moment, but you're, <laughs> no, 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 that doesn't help. You actually have to believe it. You have to see it, believe it, and then speak it. In your private time alone with God, when you're talking about your spouse with somebody else, rather than like, but I'm believing. Instead, speak about them as though they're gonna wanna be in your situation. And I tell you, the more you see it, the more you believe it, and the more you say it, the more you'll have it. Hallelujah. He longs for that. No, our God is really kind. He, he really is. He's so consistently kind. He's not just kind sometimes. He's all the time kind. Overwhelmingly so. When you, when you think you don't deserve for him to be, he just is. He's the definition of kindness. Talk about a kind word, cheers them up. I'm, I mean, I went to just grab a pen to write in my journal this morning. There were two pens sitting there and I, I went to go pick this pen up and I felt the Holy Spirit say, take the other one. And, and I didn't, I went, don't be ridiculous, just pick the pen up. Sat down, got myself comfortable with my cup of tea. Pen doesn't work. <laughs> God wasn't testing me, just, he just wanted to be kind. <laughs> save me the trouble of having to get up and get the other one. That's what he's like. That's what he's like all the time. And he doesn't go, well, I'm not talking to her again. <laughs> he's just there going, I just love you. I'm so consistently loving you. I want you to experience it on a daily basis when you know it, when you don't know it. I just want to love you because I am love and you are the object of my affection. Hallelujah. I wanna pray for some people today. We're gonna, to, I'm gonna get some of the team up to help me. Hallelujah. I've got a sense of great excitement because I really believe God wants to manifest his kindness to you. That he wants to give you hope and a future. And part of that is by picking up the keys that we've been talking about. You don't have to wait and hope that something will happen. You have power to do something about it. But all of this comes because we are in relationship with him. It isn't just a principle that we apply, it's something that we do because we belong to him and we do it out of a revelation of his great love for us. Today I'm just gonna, I wanna make an opportunity before we pray for more people today and take communion together. If you're here and you know in your heart you haven't got a relationship with God where you've surrendered your life and received his life in exchange, I wanna pray for you today. It's called being born again. 
Jesus said, unless a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Nicodemus, he was talking to one of the Pharisees. He just couldn't get his head around it. How can a man be born again? He can't go back into his mother's womb. And it was just all about being in his head. The Pharisees were always trying to reason it out. Jesus would say, why are you reasoning? The kingdom of God's about faith. And Jesus wanted him to understand that this is about having faith, that I am the son of God, that Jesus is the son of God, and that whoever believes on him will not perish but have everlasting life. But it's his will that none should perish, but it's his desire, his deep desire to get your attention and tell you, I love you, I'm offering you life, I'm offering you hope. But he doesn't force it on us. He doesn't force us to be with him for eternity. He doesn't force us to be in relationship with him. He wants us to have the opportunity to choose because true love is free. A relationship that is forced isn't a true loving relationship. You've been created in the image of God, that means you also have the power of choice. He says, I set before you life and death. Choose life, choose life. We do that by responding to the Savior and saying, Lord, I need you, I need your mercy. Come into my life, make me new on the inside. I want to acknowledge Christ as my Savior. Scripture says that if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. It's a, it's a deliberate crossing over of the line and saying, I want to be a follower of Christ. I want to give my life to him. I want to exchange my old life, my crookedness, my sin, and I want to receive the life of Christ. I want to be born again. I want to receive eternal life. If you're here today and you say, I want to respond to the mercy of God, I want to be born again. I want to give my life to Christ. I'd love to pray with you today before we go any further. If that's you, would you just wave your hand at me? I'd love to see it and give you that opportunity just to make a declaration today. I'm gonna to follow Christ. I want to respond to his mercy. Is there anyone here today that says, yeah, that's me. I want to respond to the mercy of Christ. Let me see your hand if that's you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We had a beautiful... Um, young man give his life to Christ on Friday, which was so beautiful. But if you're watching, I wanna pray for you. Right now, if you, if you are saying in your heart, I wanna be in relationship with God, I just wanna lead you in a prayer. And all across the room, you can pray with me. Father God, I believe you sent your son Jesus to be punished in my place. I believe that Jesus died and rose again. Right now, Lord, I bring you my life, all of my shame, all of my past, everything I've ever done. Have mercy on me. I give it to you, my old identity. I lay it down, Lord. And by faith, I receive your mercy, your righteousness, your forgiveness. Come into my life. Fill me with your spirit. I believe Jesus is my savior. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So true.
Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.